Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Attachments podcast. My name is Jessica De Silva and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and an attachment coach helping adults end their unhealthy dating patterns and create stronger, secure relationships. I created this podcast as a platform to answer your questions and dive deeper into different aspects of each attachment style. I also share personal insights and stories in order to help you make sense of what you are experiencing. So please listen with an open heart and an open mind. Without further ado, let's get into it. So before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to inform you that you can now sign up for my digital course, My Secure Self Academy for the Anxious Attachment Style. This is a self-paced course guiding you through my entire coaching process with actionable steps and tools to move you away from worry and doubt and into confidence and security within yourself and your relationships. You also have access to me once a month for live Q&As to answer any of your burning questions. So to learn more and sign up, you can visit the link in the show notes or visit my website, jessicadesilvacoaching.com. Hope to see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode on breaking generational patterns of attachment. So This episode is near and dear to my heart because it's been one of my main motivations to healing and growing and embodying a better, more secure version of myself. Um, This is actually the second time that I'm recording this podcast episode because there was a bear outside going through our trash can and my dog was going absolutely nuts. So we're giving this another try. But anyways, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be here. Um, I feel like it's been a little while since I've recorded a podcast episode for you guys, Um, which brings me to the point that, you know, I just wanted to preface and say that there's no exact date that I release these episodes. My goal is to record at least two episodes a month for you. However, I wanted this platform to feel organic and flexible for me as those are needs that I personally have in order to feel excited and motivated to record. So apologies if I'm a little absent from time to time um, as I'm practicing honoring myself and my needs and my boundaries. Um, So as you may know, if you follow me on Instagram or have listened to some of the previous episodes here, I've been doing a lot of traveling. I was helping a friend with her wedding event in Europe and we kind of made a little trip out of it. Um, And I recently just got back from visiting a ton of family in Brazil, um, which was actually the inspiration for this podcast episode. Um, As I have shared here on the podcast before, our attachment styles tend to get passed down from generation to generation, and it's only until we make a conscious effort to change that we are able to experience different healthier ways of operating in relationships and in the world. So it really takes that conscious effort to shift our patterns. Um, So the last time I was in Brazil was about seven years ago. 
However, the last time I was in Brazil with all my family members, including my two younger sisters and my mom who live here in the States, was over 15 years ago. So to have the whole family unit there together was a very pivotal moment for me to see how much growth I've actually done. Um, and if the things, you know, that triggered me in the past still trigger me today. Um, so it was a, it was an experience for me going into this. Um, and let me just say that I am so, so grateful for these insights on attachment because it truly, truly gives us a framework to understand ourselves and understand others on a deeper humanistic level, right? When we understand ourselves and why we are the way we are and do the things we do, we have more acceptance and compassion for others, right? We don't take as many things personally. We don't get so reactive. We don't get so defensive. We see things more objectively. And because of these new perspectives, I was more open. I was more willing, right? There was more intrinsic motivation there for me to be a better family member, right? To be a better support system. Um, and most importantly, I had more patience. I had more patience with my family members. Um, I was able to be a more supportive sister, a more supportive daughter, granddaughter. Due to this differentiation, I had cultivated over the years. Um, did I get triggered from time to time? Of course. Did I react in ways I wish I hadn't? Of course. But how I responded and took accountability for those instances really showed me how much growth I've made. Right. And something that I always, always try to stress here that I try to teach is that you know, cultivating a secure attachment style is not about being perfect. It's not about reaching some level of ultimate perfection, ultimate security. We're humans. We have insecurities. It's just part of being human. It's part of the process. Um, but it's all about, you know, how we show up for ourselves. It's about that continuous progress um, and really having that compassion, really approaching situations with maturity, um, really just holding that space for you to be human in a loving and compassionate way. Okay. Um, yeah, I had to apologize to my sister a couple of times and have some very sensitive conversations with her, right? I had to hear a lot of truths that, or at least her perspectives that, um, weren't, that didn't feel very good to hear. Um, in the past, it would have been really hard to listen to that. It, I would have maybe, uh, deflected it. I maybe would have ignored it. I probably would have gotten really, really defensive, um, whereas now I was able to hold space for it. I was able to really just listen and not take it so personally, but really see her need, right? What she needed from me to feel secure, to feel safe. Um, what else? Yeah, I had to set emotional boundaries with my mom. I had to set financial boundaries with my other sister. I had to set mental boundaries with my sister's husband, right? Um, life is always happening, you guys. You know, whether we're facing it or not, and dealing with other humans is not easy. They come with their own baggage. They come with their own needs, their own perspectives, their own opinions, their own traumas, their own projections. So it is not easy dealing with another 
human, however, having these tools and having these insights makes it a lot easier, I promise. And even though attachment theory can help us understand, you know, why people may behave the way they do, learning the tools to actually shift our behaviors is a whole other process in itself. And if you're interested in learning more about that process, um, specifically the tools that I use um, to really build that strong foundation of secure attachment within myself, um, my digital course, My Secure Self Academy guides you through these steps. Um, and next month, July of 2022, um, the Fearful Avoidant course will be coming out. And soon after that, I will be uh, releasing a course for the Dismissive Avoidance. So keep an eye out for that. If you have an anxious attachment style, the link for that course is in the show notes. Um, but if I didn't have this knowledge, I don't think I would have had as much patience and compassion for myself and others as I do now. So that was very apparent for me on this trip. So how do attachment styles get passed down from generation to generation? Attachment theory uh, suggests that, you know, how we learn to experience love is modeled to us directly and or indirectly through how we learned to experience uh, love and connection to our earliest attachment figures, right? So it's really how, you know, the relationships that we experience in our, in our early childhood, that is usually what we experience in our adulthood okay so it's what we learned it's what was modeled to us so if you've had a predominantly uh, anxious attachment style growing up love for you felt very inconsistent and conditional meaning sometimes you got your emotional and physical needs met and other times you didn't leaving you feeling very insecure about yourself and what was perhaps wrong with you right you know sometimes you get love sometimes you don't so we internalize that as man there must be something wrong with me um, and so what we do is we overcompensate we people please we overdo we overgive in order to get the validation and love that we desire because that is how you know we learn to gain love that's how we learn to obtain love so in other words for the anxious attachment style love is self-neglect love is fleeting love is work um, if you had a predominantly dismissive avoidant attachment style growing up love for you felt very absent meaning maybe your physical needs got met right you had a roof over your head you had food on the table you had toys and, and things like that, um, but your needs were, your emotional needs were neglected. Maybe they were dismissed. Maybe they were rejected in some way. And so you internalize that experience as, you know, your needs are not important or that having needs or being needy, quote unquote, is bad or weak. Um, and that only you can meet your needs, right? No one else is going to do it. So it's only me. It's only up for me to meet them and I can meet them the best right um and so you become very independent very self-sufficient uh but lacking that deeper emotional connection that was never nurtured within you um, a lot of the clients that i get that have more of that dismissive avoidant attachment style um you know their goal is to learn their goal is to be more vulnerable they want to learn how to be more vulnerable they want to build deeper connections they want to build more meaningful connections with their partners with their friends with their family members um so anyways you know if you have that dismissive avoid attachment 
um, you know, your beliefs on love is that love is unnecessary, right? It's sometimes it's, it's a nuisance. Um, it's, it's, it's scary because it requires a lot of vulnerability. Okay. If you had a predominantly fearful avoidant attachment style growing up, love for you felt very unpredictable. And I'm saying it felt you can, you're still operating from these belief systems, but I'm going to the root of where it was developed. Okay. So that's why I'm kind of explaining it in past tense, but these things are still, right. These belief systems are still occurring in your life. Um, they're still occurring in your thought process. So fearful avoidant, another name for fearful avoidant is uh, disorganized attachment style. So love for you felt very unpredict unpredictable and even scary. So sometimes you could count on your attachment figures to meet your needs and sometimes not. The difference here between anxious and fearful avoidant is that there was an element of fear, meaning sometimes your attachment figure was the source of safety and other times they were the source of fear. And so you internalize those experiences as love is untrustworthy and that love equals pain, right? Love is unpredictable. I can't really trust it. And I actually have an entire podcast episode on my personal experience with, you know, having this specific attachment style and overcoming it. So definitely check that out. If you have a predominantly secure attachment style, love for you felt safe for the most part. You know, generally speaking, you felt as though your needs were mostly met, you learned healthy ways of relating to yourself, of relating to others, and therefore relationships for you feel enjoyable and secure for the most part. Um, for me personally, most of my life, uh, love felt like self-neglect. Uh, it was very fleeting, or it, I, f I believed it was fleeting. Uh, I couldn't really trust it. Uh, I believed love was pain. It was painful. So in order, you know, I guess in other words, um, it was a combination of anxious attachment and fearful avoidant. And guess what? These are the same belief systems that my mom holds, that my grandma holds, um, that my aunt holds, and that my sisters hold. Uh, I've noticed, though, that my middle sister veers more on the dismissive avoidance spectrum, whereas my youngest sister veers more on the anxious attachment spe uh, spectrum, which brings me to the point that birth order amongst siblings plays a crucial factor in the development of our attachment style, um, as each child, right, can have a different relationship with their attachment figure. So even though you are in the same family, um, your attachment styles can be kind of different depending on your specific experience. So even though I've given, you know, a lot of thought to these attachment patterns prior to this trip, seeing it in real time, right, seeing it in live action only confirmed the realities of how attachment trauma um, and how these attachment wounds uh, and the stories that we tell about the trauma get passed down from generation to generation. So in my case, this looked like my mom, you know, ruminating about past memories with my dad and angry that he had betrayed her and now he's happily married to someone else and so she's bitter and she has all these beliefs about love and marriage, right? Um, it looked like my grandma, you know, isolated and closing her heart to love after 
you know, her and my grandpa divorced nearly 60 years ago. So of course she f uh, formed her beliefs on love, very similar to my mom. Um, it looked like my aunt, you know, neglecting her own life to take care of my grandma, um, you know, holding so much resentment and bitterness for those choices, lots of codependency and enmeshment there. It looked like me, you know, looking back in my life, um, where I was jumping from one relationship, one bad relationship to another, um, you know, both fearing and adhering to all of those scary love stories I was told by my family members, you know, and, and their traumas, you know, their opinions, perspectives, and belief systems that were modeled to me from an early age. So I was able to kind of pinpoint in my past how those belief systems were manifesting. Um, luckily, I am in a healthy relationship today. It's been almost five years, um, which is also, a, you know, a testament to how much growth there has been, right? Um, uh, and there's so much research, you guys, confirming that trauma gets passed down from generation to generation. And that is what attachment theory can really show us is how these attachment wounds um, can impact, uh, you know, our lives from generation to generation. Um, and not only do we, you know, re-experience these attachment traumas through, you know, repeated behaviors, through our repeated behaviors that we learned, but we can also absorb them through the stories and the experiences that get told to us uh, by the people closest to us, right? Until we decide that, you know what, those aren't the stories I want to live by. Those aren't the opinions I want to live by. Those aren't the belief systems I want to live by. I don't want to take that on. It's not mine to take on. And that's when we put the end to it. That's where we say enough is enough. And we start creating our own identity, our own belief systems, um, and really changing the trajectory of our life by creating a new vision, by creating a new path. Very cool stuff. Like I love, love, love this stuff. It's amazing. And it's been transformational in my life. And it's really the root of what I teach my clients. It's the root of, uh, you know, what I teach my students through my courses, etc. So this has been the story of my life and the journey that I've been so fortunate to, to guide others on. Um, and let's, let's get to the point. So how, how do we break these generational patterns? Cause I'm sure that is what you are probably wondering by now. So first things first, you want to identify your attachment styles, styles, because remembering we all fall on a spectrum, meaning we have aspects of two, three, or all four of the attachment styles, depending on your life experiences, depending on certain people you date, certain relationships, losses you've experienced, healings you experience. There's so many factors that can impact your unique attachment style. Um, and then also learning about your attachment style, right? Your triggers, your insecurities, uh, your needs, etc. Take note on certain attachment traumas that have been passed down to you, right? So really asking yourself, okay, where did these beliefs come from? Um, can I see, is it repetitive, right? Do I see it kind of 
passed down from generation to generation? Do other people in my family kind of also operate from these same belief systems? Um, you know, in my family, betrayal and abuse was very common. So it made sense that I sought out relationships that were untrustworthy and abusive, um, as I was never modeled anything different than that, right? That was normal. Being disrespected was normal. Not getting my needs met was normal. Um, I didn't know anything better, right? Um, so many of my le- beliefs that I'm still, and I just want to emphasize, I'm still dismantling these belief systems till this day. Um, you know, because, you know, the more work we do, you guys, the more layers um, that we that we discover and that we have to reframe, that we have to dismantle. So it, it, I always, always want to emphasize that this is a journey. This is a lifelong journey and it gets easier and it gets better uh, very quickly, but also progressively. Like it takes some time, but you do notice the progress. Um, You do notice a lot of shifts very quickly um, if you're very focused on this work and implementing the strategies to shift the shift your behaviors and thinking patterns and whatnot. Okay, I keep getting sidetracked here. So, you know, a lot of my beliefs uh, that came from, you know, my mom, my grandma, even my great grandma, again, generational comes, it's generational, uh, was, you know, will this love last? Can I really trust my partner? Uh, are they being sneaky behind my back? I have to, you know, I have to have a plan B, um, in order, you know, in case this doesn't work out, it's up to me to meet my needs. I have to be super independent, um, because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to leave me. Right. So a lot of these, the way I was operating was so, so fear-based. It was so, so fear-based. And even though a lot of these teachings were really great, um, you know, I, it it did help me become a strong and independent person in a lot of ways. Um, You know, being a strong woman was very, very heavily uh, emphasized in my family, especially my mom's side. Um, So, you know, with which with each of these insecure attachment styles, there's also really amazing strengths that you gain from it. Um, however, the flip side of that, you know, there's a lot of challenges as well. So, so yeah, so those were some of the belief systems. And, you know, if you, if you, if we don't know how to reframe these insecurities, they can be very destructive in our lives. So, Try to pinpoint the origin of your beliefs on love and where you learn them from. And just having this insight, you guys, will help tremendously in separating or differentiating yourself from them, okay? Um, Next is to challenge the insecurities when they come up. So one of my favorite, favorite tools uh, to challenge my thinking patterns stem from Byron Katie's work where you ask yourself, okay, is this thought 100% true? I've added my own little spin to it where I ask myself, is this thought 100% true or is it just an insecurity? This really helps me identify the insecurity more easily. Okay, so reframing the thought. And lastly, make the choice. Make the choice to embody your secure self. And that's going to require you to get really uh, familiar with who that version of you is, right? You know, how does secure you want to live life? 
What is secure you want to believe? What kind of relationships does secure you want to experience? And consciously making the effort to align to that version of you. And there's tons of science, you guys, to back up uh, the fact that we can change our identity, that we can learn uh, new ways of relating and experiencing ourselves. Okay, um, which I be- I'm pretty sure I talk about that on a different episode. Um, okay, anyways, so next step here is, um, well, I guess with that process, right, learning to embody this identity, what's really helpful with this is working with somebody, right, working in therapy so they can teach you tools or with coaching so that they can teach you these tools they can better support you um seminars courses reading self-help books you know listening to helpful podcasts or youtube channels anything you can do to learn the insights and the tools to begin embodying this new identity you're trying to create for yourself okay there's so much support out there for you. You just need to hold the vision of what you want so that you don't go back into your old patterns. All right. We, we want to break those cycles. We want to break those generational patterns. Okay. You guys, I am wishing you all the love as always wishing you all the strength you need to break these generational patterns. I believe in you a hundred percent. Please be patient with yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. This is your journey. This is your unique process. I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your positive ratings if you enjoy this episode and your encouraging comments. It truly, truly encourages me to keep on creating for you guys. And if you're ready to begin embodying your secure self, you can learn more about my digital course, My Secure Self Academy for the Anxious Attachment Style via my website, jessicadesilvacoaching.com or via the link in my show notes. I will catch you guys on the next episode.